Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. We are on the third season. It's incredible. Yoga is actually, the meaning is union. So it's a union of the body, mind, and spirit. It is spirituality. It wow. is. This is the lowest place in creation. This is where God wants to be known. Growth is growth, no matter how little it is. Oh, absolutely. All the shit that I thought I was is falling away, and every day it falls away, I feel better about life, and I'm able to beat me. Yoga doesn't want you to really forget about the emotion. They want you to move with the emotion. I've never thought of to do that, and I'm doing it right now, and my mind is kind of blown. Deborah Valentina, BBA, MPH, is the owner and principal of Creativing.com. She's an intuitive mindset coach, a published author, workshop facilitator, and international inspirational speaker. Deborah's extensive entrepreneurial and healthcare experience includes being the owner of a healthcare management consulting practice for over 25 years, and Deborah has also been co-owner and CEO of Your Empowerment Systems, a holistic wellness program, and founder and president of Women and Healthcare Professional Association, an educational and mentoring organization. Deborah's executive healthcare experience includes many years managing clinics and hospitals, both on the West and East Coasts for Kaiser Permanente, as well as executive leadership positions with Travelers Health Network and First Health. Deborah earned a Bachelor's of Business Administration magna cum laude from University of Massachusetts, Amherst, and a Master of Public Health and Corporate Healthcare from UC Berkeley. Deborah also graduated from Stanford's International Business Executive Program and is an alumna of the Leadership Pittsburgh Program. Deborah is committed to her local and global community. In spring of 2017, she went on a month-long teaching and speaking tour in eastern China, representing the World Academy for the Future of Women and Give Voice to Women Through the Arts. It is my pleasure to be talking to Deborah today, and I hope you love this amazing discussion with Deborah Valentina. Okay, so good. All right, go ahead and say a couple of things for me, Deborah. Sure. It's great to be here this morning, actually. I'm glad we're finding, you know, it feels like uh, we rescheduled a few times, and I'm glad to be doing it. Me too. Oh, yeah, I'm picking you up much better now. I adjusted a couple of things, so it's good. Um, I used, if it's okay, I used a lot of your bio that you have on your website because I loved the talk about how you went over to China and you worked with like a lot of women's health and you've been working in the healthcare industry for 30 years. And um, yeah, and, and, and your education too. I, I wanted to really point out some of that stuff too, because it's really impressive. So um, I, I hope you don't mind. Thanks for, for looking that up. I'm, I'm really good. <laughs> I forget that all that information is, well, it's posted. It's on my website. So, and I forget that it's there. Um, but yes, that's all true and all me. Yes. yes. Well, why don't we begin? All righty. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Okay. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am Lorelai, and today I'm really excited to be talking to an incredible lady. So I'm talking to Deborah Valentina. She is has her master's in public health, or MPH, and she's the founder of Creativing and is an intuitive mindset coach for high-achieving entrepreneurs and executives. She's an international speaker, a facilitator, and an author. Her memoir, Beyond Chaos, a Journey to Freedom, and joy was published in 2020. One of Deborah's greatest gifts is to empower women and men to create fully expressed and joyful lives. So you can reach Deborah at www.creativing.info. So that is Deborah and you are Deborah. And I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on here. You and I have so much in common as we were talking about just before we started recording. So we're both involved in women's health. We're both involved in healthcare, And you've been doing this for 30 years, which is such an inspiration to me as somebody who is doing this actively right now. I definitely um, have a healthcare um, background um, and uh, am still involved in that I coach uh, healthcare executives and uh, healthcare entrepreneurs who have started their own uh, own companies. But um, just a teeny bit of uh, a background uh, here is uh, I I actually knew from the age of three, if you can believe it, that I wanted to be in healthcare because I was in. Uh, uh, the hospital when I was three and it, and I remember back um, that far and it was not a pleasant experience. And I literally remember in the pediatric ward saying, oh my goodness, I could do better than this. And so I literally went, uh, went on to get a master's in uh, healthcare administration. That's what my MPH is in. Mm. Uh, and then I later did some graduate work at Stanford, um, uh, which was in international business with um, uh, with a focus on with a focus on healthcare. Um, and so uh, I. Uh, really uh, worked in healthcare for the beginning of my uh, career, actually corporately, um, and including working for Kaiser uh, Permanente. And uh, uh, the last job job I had with them was to um, go ahead and uh, I was in charge. I was the chief operating officer for three states for all the um, <laughs> for the hospitals and the clinics. So um, it feels like a long time ago, but yet um, that is what I did in a, at a young age. Um, and uh, just to say, uh, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So uh, knew that I wanted to. Uh, have my own company. Uh, and so uh, Creativing is my own company and I uh, do both healthcare consulting and I also coach uh, healthcare, uh, like I said, healthcare executives and entrepreneurs, although I've expanded um, beyond that and now coach um, women in all, all uh, really all walks of life. Mm. So... 
Wow. So it started at three years old for you. Yeah, I know. It's really kind of, it's really kind of uh, crazy that I can remember back that far, but it's, you know, literally like it, it was yesterday in terms of my experience there. Wow. Um, and healthcare has come a long way. Thank, thank goodness. But at the, at the time, just to paint the scene, uh, you were in one ward with all the other children and every, all the kids were screaming and I'm like, Oh my God, why are we all in this? Why are we all in the same room? And, uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, an interesting early experience that I, that's what I can say for sure. Well, and you know, I feel like healthcare is probably, I mean, it's changed so much just in the last 10 years. I can't, I can't even imagine like how it, how much it's changed. I mean, you've probably seen quite an evolution, I imagine. So absolutely, absolutely. And my expertise, if you will, is in um, managed care. So organizations like uh, Kaiser Permanente that has, um, you know, really a one-stop shop. Um, you know, sometimes it's called a health maintenance organization or a preferred provider organization, but it's really a, a especially HMOs, a one-stop shop. So that was what my, uh, when I was leading organizations, those were the kinds of organizations I was leading. Awesome. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. I'm, I'm just, and just reading your bio and everything, I was like, man, I hope I'm just like Deborah when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for all the work you do with uh, women in uh, as an OBGYN nurse. That's um, that's called the front lines. Yeah, Lorelai, that is the front line. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, especially right now, it's a totally different type of healthcare that I'm used to administering because it's like. You know, you take away one of the main things that you can intuitively connect with people is people seeing your face, you know, and it's not that I don't, it's not that I disagree with mask wearing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that with all the PPE that we have to wear, it's like you're looking at somebody and really all you're looking at is their eyes. And even that is can be really challenging, especially with my COVID positive patients, my COVID positive moms, because, you know, I have my N95 and I have my capper and I have, a. I mean, it's, it's so much that we're covering up. And so it's hard when you want to, because it's such a personal experience when a, a mother is is getting ready to have a child or if she's sick, you know, and she's there being treated while she's still pregnant. And a lot of the times our COVID positive patients are there because they're just really sick and they can't hold their oxygenation. And so, you know, I'm there as somebody who is being an empathetic listener, an empathetic healthcare worker, and somebody who can understand like you know, what they're going through on like a, you know, a, a knowledgeable level, like understanding what's happening with them and, and understanding where they're at in their pregnancy and everything. And so it's, it, it can be hard for somebody else that's looking at me as just another nurse coming in and like poking and prodding and asking, asking questions and, you know, moving the monitor around. And, you know, it's like, being able to like sit down and talk with them and and connect with them can be challenging when they can't really see what's (laughs) underneath all the plastic and stuff, you know? 
Absolutely. It's, it's, um, I was um, at an event, uh, a beautiful uh, women's networking event last night, uh, and it was literally the first time in two years that, um, uh, it, I'll even say what the name of it was because I love it, Extraordinary Women Connect. Mm. And it literally, uh, I'm in Denver, and literally it's, uh, you know, from legislators to um, uh, five, five of the women there were from uh, the top uh, 20 women, uh, powerful women in Denver, um, uh, and uh, it, it was just an extraordinary event. And one of the things that was extraordinary about it was that we didn't we didn't have to wear a mask if we were if we were vaccinated. Wow. Um, and it, to, it, to you know, with permission to hug other people and to um, you know really connect in that way. I, I mean, I was emotional about it. I, it's been, I'm an extrovert, so two years of not hugging is way, way, way too long for me. Um, so I, I definitely uh, get the, you know, uh, you know, just human to human versus all the paraphernalia uh, in between. Yeah, it's so funny how much I miss and how much I took for granted not having that contact with people. I mean, just being able to shake hands, to hug, you know, to be in closer proximity. Now, granted, it's, you know, a good, good amount of space, but not like six feet is, is quite a distance between you and somebody that you want to connect with, you know? <laughs> it's like, yes, it's absolutely. Such a profound. So thanks again for doing what you're doing and being on the front lines and providing that, that empathic listening, because that's, um, as a coach, and I have um, been a coach for 35 years, what I have learned is that um, people, and I'm talking about all people from my perspective, want to be listened to and heard and gotten, as yes. I call it. Got it, yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're doing that with your with your patients. Yeah. I mean, it's that's like... I feel like that is the predominant role in my job other than charting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yes, the charting. And I'm sure you're really good at it, too. That's a and lot. And you do it on time. <laughs> yeah, and a lot. Well, actually, really, <clears throat> a lot of it is me remembering everything because a lot of times what happens, like especially if I'm going to have a delivery, is I am caring for the patient first. So I'm, and I like write little notes for myself as I go. Like, okay, like this time, you know, gave terbutaline or this time, like, you know, started Pitocin or this, you know what I mean? This time we, we, you know, started pushing or what, you know what I mean? So that way I remember what I need to chart later because I'm trying to be present with the patient which, you know, coincides with all of this intuitive practice, you know, it transcends into like what we do on an everyday basis, you know. Um, and that's what I want to really bring into also is this intuitive piece with what you're doing, 
um, and I love all the connections that you and I have because it's like we have this piece where we work in healthcare and we work with others and we work. I know you work with with men and women, but I, you know, just the the women pers- perspective is something that I connect really beautifully with. So where for you did like did you cre- have this intuitive piece where you connected with your wiser self, your your soul self? Well, um, just as I was saying about remembering um, when I was in the hospital when I was three, I I literally um, became aware of what I call my knowingness um, or the big and the bigger picture when I was very young, mm-hmm. very very young, um, and I, I you know I I didn't have a label for it, uh, but I was always um, able to hear something different, I guess is the, uh, the best way to, to say it. Um, so I grew up in um, a very um, chaotic um, and highly dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could hear my, intu- my intuitive guidance, my knowingness, um, kind of do a commentary that was different than what I was um, seeing, mm. which uh, I'm so grateful for. Mm. I, 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 you know, yes. So I, it started when I was very, very young, I would say around five. Um, and then I remember, um, you know, fast forward in my early 30s, I was in uh, a workshop to uh, increase uh, your connection with your intuition. Mm-hmm. And the facilitator um, said, you know, the, one of those times where you, re- you remember what, <laughs> what was said was if you, um, you need to be intentional and have a commitment if you want this to develop and to um, and to have it be more present in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally said, I want all of that. I want it to strengthen. I want to be able to um, hear it for myself, but also hear it for other people. And by then I, I had, um, you know, was toying with the idea. I always wanted, of course, healthcare is all about assisting others. But I, I had at that time in my early 30s was thinking about, you know, what is another way to uh, help people? And that's when my coaching career um, began. So uh, literally, um, I practice connecting um, uh, with my knowingness every day. And after now over 30 years, um, what's happened is it is um, my intuitive guidance is louder than um, the uh, critical uh, left brain or the monkey mind, as some people say it. And people's monkey mind is usually way louder than their uh, small intuitive voice. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, with all this practice and all this commitment, it actually is reverse for me. Like, um, (laughs) 
So my intuitive guidance is louder than my monkey mind. And I am beyond grateful for that. Yeah, I feel like that is something that, you know, people who are either just starting or in the middle of this journey are trying to achieve is the the process of, you know, for me, it is the monkey mind is is the ego mind. You know, it is the the mind that is just a little too loud in like critique and judgment. And also, I feel like its purpose is, is in a sense, kind of like safety, like it's trying to keep you safe, but it also gets out of hand. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you can't do this because of la 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 la. And it's like, I need you to just... <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're articulating it really well. It's the the ego uh, mind, the left brain, the monkey mind, whatever you want to call it, is its job is it its job is to uh, for protection. So it will do anything to protect you, even you know cr- you know criticize, judge, um, be loud insistent, linear, uh, and full of shoulds. Mm, full of shoulds. That's a good way to put it, Deborah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That's now as opposed to, um, cause people often ask me, what's the, di- you know, how can I tell the difference? Because if it, you're at the beginning of your journey, you, sometimes it's hard to, um, distinguish between your left brain and your right brain Mm -hmm. Um, and your right intuitive brain is softer at the beginning um, and for quite a while softer gentler uh, and and matter of fact without urgency and judgment Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's really if the matter of factness I think helps um, people a lot and certainly helped me um, to distinguish it. Um, it's not like you should do this, you should do that, you've got to do it now, you know, all that um, uh, hyperactivity almost. Um, that is never your intuitive guidance. Yeah, I and it's funny you're mentioning these things and the the difference between the two things. And there's always this balance, this yin and yang, you know, um, and I, I can't remember what the Sanskrit one was, but I've been, I've been reading into like a lot of the the differences and like um, uh, even in Hinduism and they talk about uh, the Kundalini and how there's two snakes in one, they, they both coil up the center part of you, which is like your soul connection. And then the two parts is this, uh, a feminine and a, a masculine snake. And they coil up through your chakras and meet here. And um, the, the masculine side is like this protective, like the, the doing energy, the outward focus, the, you know, uh, in a way, kind of like a defensive energy, like it is, it is doing, it is acting, it is, um, outward and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, it is your 
energy like your energetic and then like the the feminine is like the emotional the intuitive the being energy the you know creating the um in the in the darkness and the the softness the coolness and like the other side is the warmth the sunlight the you know um the high functioning that sort of thing um and so it's it's yeah i just um i love the way you describe that and um uh and how articulate you are about that and (laughs) and what it reminds me of is to say that um we all need ego mind we all it, it it um you know it provides us with a way to um, function in the 3D world. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's and the ego mind is not, um, you know, bad because you need both. And, the, you know, you need both the masculine and the feminine um, energy. Uh, and uh, when uh, the ego mind goes on uh overdrive as I call it mm-hmm. um, then that's then that's when you um, need to uh, you know dial back I guess and just be listening to um, the you know the other voice um, I do um, I have lots of workshops and one of my uh, workshops uh, is around head and heart decision making mm-hmm. and to make balance potent decisions you need um, to align both so the head being the left brain energy and the heart being the right brain energy and if you can align them both then you've made a really potent and balanced decision uh, and so it's it's uh, yeah so I don't want to give the left brain a, a bad rap it just needs to be balanced. (laughs) Yes. And you know, that's sort of where I feel a lot of people lean into because I feel like our society is very ego egoistic. They're very left brain, very monkey minded. Um, And I'm noticing um, recently is that there's a shift that's beginning to occur and even just, just, I mean, I've said this a bunch of times and my listeners are like, here she goes again. But like, <laughs> but like even with COVID and, and having to be in quarantine, that is very much a yin based activity is being inside, not doing, you're basically just being and sitting in it and you have to, and, and you sit within yourself and you hear your monkey mind, you hear your, your ego go crazy because it's like what are we doing this isn't fun this isn't functional and like we need to be outside and doing stuff and we need to be doing this and I need to go to work and we need to go to school and la 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 and it's like you need to sit at home and just be at home (laughs) well and you bring up such a beautiful point so so my version of that um is that um you know, there is a universal design. This is a, my spiritual viewpoint rather than the, you know, the medical actual, you know, COVID, which is a real thing, yes. I believe. <laughs> I do too. Um, um, but the, uh, I believe that part of the universal design was 
we all, meaning literally the earth and all of us on it, are going in a direction that is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what better way to have us like hunker down and uh, look internally, which is where the shift is going to happen mm-hmm. for every single individual or not, but, you know, the opportunity is there um, to look inside and shift and do what's needed to uh, not only for the betterment of our personal selves, but the betterment of of all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that opportunity to say that. And if I had a podcast, I'd say that about 20 million times over <laughs> over again. <laughs> I have brought it up so many times because that's really what it feels like what's happening is it's granting us the opportunity to introspect. And I don't feel like there, you know, before COVID happened, like you said, it was completely unsustainable. Like the world is just, it, it felt like, just entropy all the time you know there we're, we're not sustaining ourselves and we're not sustaining our planet and it's it's just we're, we're entering into a space that is not it's it's not going to be like you said sustainable for any any kind of like forward movement the evolution will move into destruction and i think that this is our time to realize where we can make necessary changes within ourselves and within our environment to to make it more sustainable to make it more balanced you know and so that way it's not just about like you know oh I don't want to do this for me and it's like well yes you need to take care of yourself but you also need to understand that in the care of yourself you can care for others as well and move like what you do to be unconditionally loving towards others which is what I feel is our purpose is to not only make sure that we're solid within ourselves and we're balanced, but we're also moving in a direction that is unconditionally loving and in that energy and moving in that direction towards others. Absolutely. And, and, and unconditional love is what it's all about. And the, um, you know, another just way to, um, a, a, a perspective of mine is that the paradigm uh, um, has to shift or, or, you know, or mass destruction, really, Um, not to be so dramatic, but, and it's really from a fear-based world, as I see it, to a love-based world. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I believe we're, I mean, I truly believe we're right in the middle of that shift of the paradigm. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the next 10 years, like where we'll be at, what changes have been implemented, and, you know, what things look like. I mean, it's so funny that that monkey mind, that ego is very present in certain activities around the world. As you can see, it's just like, oh, my goodness, like, it's like people just holding on real tight to like the old functionalities of, and the, you know, archaic thought processes. And it's like, guys, let's, let's move forward and realize that diversity is something to be celebrated. You know, like being different is something that is a beautiful thing and that we're all connected 
on a much higher level than just like, well, we're humans. It's like, no, from our soul, from who we are as spiritual beings in this human experience, being connected with one another is something that is profound and that needs to be understood and and grown in, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love your passion and I love your philosophy because it is totally aligned with uh, with uh, with mine and you know we are one is not just a intellectual concept to me yeah. um, it it is I, I um, you know I, I'm in a practice to embody that every every day yeah. um, I um, just somehow this this came up so I, I'll share it. Um, so I live in a huge high-rise uh, building. It's 24 floors. Uh, it's uh, and there's hundreds and hundreds of people in this in this building, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, lots and lots of dogs. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs, so that's fine. But I'm usually on the elevator with um, uh, at least three of them. Uh, but it, <laughs> But anyway, and they're thank God they're they're large elevators. Um, but um, what I notice is um, I will talk to anybody that's on the elevator. Always, I will, no matter what you know, time of day or night. I will, I will, uh, you know, find something in the short elevator ride to you know talk to someone about. And I just notice how surprised most people are mm-hmm. that I would that I would strike up a conversation and compliment them on something, or you know, notice their pet or what carry out food they're taking or whatever. And I don't care what it is; I just want to make um, a human to human contact. And I did that when we were masked and I do it now that we're not, not as much masked. And anyway, it's part of my demonstrating we are all one and I will connect. Whether you want to connect to me or not on the elevator, I am (laughs) all about connecting. (laughs) You will connect with me, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it or not, we're gonna we're gonna be connected. <laughs> it's really quite amusing. I think I'm thinking of it because literally, I uh, I came home from that meeting. I was talking about it. It was after nine o'clock, and um, I struck up a conversation with this uh, uh, with this man on the elevator, and he literally his his mouth dropped open. He was so surprised. Oh. I'm like. It was really, it was really something else. I love that. And those, those connections are the ones, it's so funny, those like kind of fleeting or like happenstantial type connections are the ones that kind of stick with you. Like, um, so actually I'm, I'm giving an example of one that my husband had, um, just because he always has some funny, uh, circumstances that happened with him. And this is, and I wanted to segue this into the traveling piece with you because I really want to talk about your, your time in China. But, um, okay. it was, so we had took taken a trip to Ireland, um, in March of 2015. It was right before our first child was born. 
and um, actually is pregnant with her while we were there, which was kind of a bummer because I was really looking forward to going to the Guinness factory. So that got kind of shot. But (laughs) 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 But whatever, it was still amazing. But um, we went to this town in, um, where were we? We were in Donegal, I believe. No, no, we were in Sneem, which is in the Ring of Kerry. So it's like, if you imagine Ireland and Dublin is on the west side, and then you have Galway, which is north, north, I'm sorry, uh, Dublin is on the east side, and then uh, Galway is on the northwest, and then you come on down to like the the southwest part of Ireland is this thing called the Ring of Kerry. And Sneem, mm-hmm. Sneem is a little town that's in the Ring of Kerry. And we had we had gone there from Dublin to Donegal to Galway to Sneem. And um, we were staying at this hotel, which was like the biggest thing in this tiny town is this, this hotel. And then you have this little town and it had like this main center area. And um, my husband was training to do Ironman. And so he, you know, as we're on our trip, he's still running every day. Um, you know, he wasn't able to cycle or, or swim, but he was able to run. So he kept, he would run like 10 to 15 miles, uh, in the morning. And so he went off for his run in the morning in Sneem. And as he was running, um, he noticed that people would be like, hi, how are you? You know, and that sort of thing. And one of them, which was really funny, he goes, look at that man run. <laughs> 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 they're like they probably looked over their shoulder like Whoa, is he is he being chased <laughs> <laughs> oh but it's well fun. i love that i love that uh i love that story yes uh, it's a it's fun and it's so simple but like you remember it you remember those little connections even if like you know you don't stop and have like you know a really in-depth conversation with somebody just hearing them comment on like Look how fast this person, look how fast he's going. You know, like that's impressive. <laughs> just that little <laughs> well, connection. Well, just, just, yes. And um, training for an Ironman is super impressive to me. So good on your husband. It's ambitious. That's for sure. Like, you know, I, I don't mind training for runs, like, like fun runs, like five, 10 Ks, even a half marathon, but like. That's a whole other level of fitness that I don't know if I'm quite interested in getting to that point. We'll see where my path takes me. <laughs> so speaking of traveling, <clears throat> it says on your bio that you went to Eastern China on a speaking tour. Can you talk about that? Because I am so interested in travel and China sounds so beautiful. So I want to know more about that. Okay, so um I went to China in uh, 2017. I can't believe it's almost, um, uh, I guess it is four years ago. Um, <laughs> like, whoa. Uh, Time flew. But I was on, uh, I was sponsored um, by the World Academy for the Future of Women. Hmm. And uh, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary trip. Uh, and so what I was, uh, doing, I was actually doing, um, two things. Uh, and so the whole time I was there, I literally was working, um, seven days a week, but doing two different things. So Monday through Friday, 
um, I was at the CS University uh, for um, and was working with the advanced uh, group of the um, of, of women um, and I specifically was getting them ready to uh, speak in front of 2,000 people, um, have a speech in English uh, around how they were making a difference in their university in the world. Um, and it, you know, part of the uh, extraordinary uh, part of it was I, I had thought that these women were more proficient in English because they were the advanced students. Mm -hmm. um, but they spoke um, with a heavy uh, Chinese ac accent. And so <laughs> the first night, I thought they were speaking Chinese, but they were actually speaking English. But the accent was so so heavy that I uh, that I didn't get it. So I had to tune my uh, tune my ear to that. Uh, and I thought I was going to have an interpreter um, oh, no. because that's had what I was being told. But I didn't have an interpreter oh, no. because they were quote the advanced students. So. Night one, everything that, you know, my game plan that I put six months um, planning into went out the window because I had to deal with what was in front of me. And, you know, it's such a lesson about being in the moment. Yeah. And being like just listening to what was wanted and needed. Um, and I had a very short uh, period of uh, time, I think that, you know, to with these women, it was um, university women, it was five weeks. So in five weeks, I had to literally um, transform the situation to be able to um, have them get in front of um, this conference um, that was attended by people from around the world. Uh, and uh, I we accomplished that. It wasn't I, it was we, we accomplished that. And um, it's one of the things I'm really, really proud of because it was not evident that first night <laughs> that, was that, that was going to be, that was going to be happening. And um, the other thing that stands out for me from the Monday through Friday uh, work um, with these beautiful, beautiful uh, women was that um, th uh, they um, don't talk about themselves. That is not part of uh, part of the culture. They, you know, they don't even think about what their strengths are. Because I'm like, you know, we would have all kinds of different um, sessions, and when I would ask, "What are your strengths?" They literally had never thought about that. Wow. Now we here in the U.S. are like, "Well, I'm good at this, and I'm good at that, and I'm good." You know, we're that's part of you know uh, our culture. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, we were talking about introspection. One of the other things that I feel proud of is that I was able to uh, really um, have them look inside, and some of them had never even 
imagine that they could. Um, so it was it was quite extraordinary. And then um, um, uh, in on the weekend, um, I was uh, booked to um, speak and to also um, uh, teach art um, to anywhere from you know three year olds through eighty year olds. Um, depending on what the where where we were and what the what the gig was, um, um, and and it was through uh, a program that that was sponsored by the World Academy, but it was um, for expression, uh, raising voices uh, through the arts, hmm. um, and so uh, I got to travel all China is a huge country yeah. <laughs> and so I got to travel kind of in the triangle of um, uh, the CS University to north which was Beijing to the east which was Shanghai so it was kind of a triangle mm -hmm. uh, and all these were pre-set pre ahead of time um, so I worked my little tushy off <laughs> for um, five weeks and then there was uh, a little over five weeks and then there was um, you know getting to China and getting back from China but um, six weeks that I that I will never forget. That sounds so amazing. So what what does the the female entrepreneur look like in China versus the United States? I mean I know you mentioned that they they have like especially the females have a, an issue with introspection but what is like some like the I what are the differences like because I know that there's a vast cultural difference but I'm I'm very curious as to like what the female entrepreneur looks like from each one of those cultures and like a compare and contrast. Uh, interesting, very interesting. Um, I here it, it, it well here's why I'm uh, there's a bit of uh, a bit of silence because. Um, entrepreneurship for is um, uh, it is actually um, promoted for men, not so much for women. Mm. So it is a um, it's it's like a very small. This is my perspective. A very small percentage of uh, women who um, would even think about being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So in the, um, I'm just gonna say the, the uh, more, uh, so it would be middle class to upper middle class to um, uh, the, the wealthy, um, they're, the parents think of their daughters as going into, um, you know, a, you know, accounting or um, engineering or um, medicine, and a lot, a, a lot, a lot still in, um, you know, getting married and having and having children. So. Uh, I was stumped for a little bit because um, it's, it, it, I, I know it's changing, but it isn't, um, there's, there is not a, um, 
thriving female entrepreneurship. It's not um, uh, encouraged as, you know, we in the United States are just getting, you know, <laughs> uh, into that with the Small Business Administration having women's um, centers for more and more women's centers for that, and particularly um, looking at um, women of color. Mm. So if uh, the... Um, I would just say, if you think like 30 to 40 years ago, that's kind of how I would think of uh, how I would think of that. So, um, you know, in China versus the, the U S now, um, I think the, as we were talking about, I think the whole world has to change. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something that will change in, um, you know, in China. Yeah. I imagine that can be really challenging, especially, you know, because little girls dream as big as little boys do. It's just, it can be really hard for them to have the access to the same things, you know, because, you know, there is a mindset of, well, this is what you're supposed to do if you're a girl, you know, and um, that can be, that can be a ceiling that maybe some little girls feel like they can never reach and break through. Well, the, and, and I was working with, um, uh, just to set the, the picture here, I was working with those uh, young women who were breaking out of that. So these okay. were, um, the, the, the women um, had their full-time studies, so they had a full-time job. And then the World Academy uh, for the Future of Women was a separate program on top of everything they were doing, which was also full-time. So these women, these young, um, amazing women were like, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week minimum, they were, they were working. So, um, so all the, um, all the classes that I was doing were, was at night because in, during the day they were doing their regular program. Oh my God. So, um, <laughs> I, feel, yeah, I know. I feel, so, <laughs> like such a slacker. I'm like, I get to 40 hours and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm crispy. <laughs> and these, and, and they, you know, they did above and beyond all, you know, all the time. So th this was the um, um, highly, highly motivated young women who uh, got accepted into this program. And it was very competitive. The program was, is very competitive. Wow. Yeah. So you you work with both men and women, and um, I mostly uh, just to say I mostly work with women. But go ahead with your question. Oh yes, yeah. Um, so I just like to see the compare and contrast between like, you know, what does it look like when you have a male client that needs guidance versus a female client? Like, does what what is the what's the difference like the guidance that you're giving on your part? Oh, how what a fascinating question! <laughs> um, I try. <laughs> so uh, so um, first of all, I 
my target um, audience, my target client is uh, is a female, mm-hmm. and um, what I find in general um, is, first of all, that's who's attracted to, to, to me. Um, and since I was a little girl, I I'm all about empowering women to their full self-expression. So I know having that commitment is what you know attracts. Uh, these women, um, and uh, and they, I find that the women um, that are attracted to um, my coaching practice are open and willing to do whatever it takes to grow and expand. That's what I would say. They all they all have in common. So um, the men who get into my practice are usually associated with a woman that I'm coaching. So it can be, you know, a husband, oh, you, you know, you just need to work with my husband because, you know, you would work magic and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so sometimes I um, do work with these men, but I interview them. As I interview actually all of my clients, to see um, what their mindset is so that um, I have to know, again, that they're open and willing to grow and expand because I go deep with my clients Mm -hmm. and I don't want to waste anybody's money or time. Yeah. Um, And so the the men who... um, (laughs) I don't want to sound elitist, but the men who get into my practice um, are open, willing, and thirsty to uh, expand. That's that's what I would that's what I would say the um, for my, for my practice. Yeah. So when just as a base question, just because I'm very fascinated by what you do. So when people sit down and they're like, okay help me achieve what I need to achieve here. Like what, what is what, what do you help? Like, where do you start with that? Like, where do you, what, how do you begin with somebody who's like, I have this dream. What do I, what do I do to even get there? What is the process and and where do you go with it? Uh, Another great question. (laughs) Um, So um, in order to work with me, you, uh, I, you have to create what I call at least three juicy intentions. Mm, juice, so, not just intentions, but juicy. Juicy intentions, intentions <laughs> meaning you really want them, right? Yeah. And um, I distinguish between goals and intentions. Intentions are um, more general uh, than goals, Um but also intentions are something that the universe, spirit, um, uh, God, goddess, all that is, whatever you would call that, can hear that. Mm. Um, and so uh, the first thing that I do is have them help them to create what those what those are. And intentions start with, uh, and uh, I am statement um uh or i and an active verb 
Um, so for instance, uh, just to give an example, I am in a uh, healthy romantic relationship. Mm. Uh, and mm. let's say they're not already. Um, or uh, I have my uh, I have my ideal uh, job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm making them them simple. Uh, but Those then I have <laughs> uh, and very important. And um, uh, I live a healthy life. Yes. So those are three examples. And then what I do is I ask um, um, uh, my clients or potential clients, if they're not already a client, to talk about those things as it currently exists. And what happens is people's beliefs show up in them talking about about that. So for instance, I am in a, a loving romantic relationship and um, somebody starts talking about, you know, you know, why, why do you not uh, think that you're in one of those relationships? And, um, and they start talking about, uh, so let's say it's a female, which is my clientele, and they start talking about how um, all their beliefs around men, like, you know, uh, men don't listen, men don't, you know, whatever it is, and they can't, and sometimes they don't say it so blatant. But what I am trained um, in is seeing where they are now, where they want to get to, and then right in the middle are all the disempowering beliefs that need to be handled because you will never get to what you want when you've got all these disempowering beliefs. And so I work with uh, my female clients on um, uh, really uh, what I call discreating those beliefs and having more empowering beliefs. So that's where we start. Does that answer your question? Yes. That's beautiful. That's perfect. And it's I had this visualization with what you were talking about is, you know, you you have them create their juicy intention, the thing that they want. And then in discovering those intentions, you see where they are where they're disempowered to achieve those intentions. And it's almost like an inverse of an atom. Because an atom, right, as we all know from doing, you know, basic chemistry is, you know, this at the very center are positive ions, right? And then you have the electrons, which are the negative things, you know, that are circling it. And it's almost like an inverse model of that. You know, in the center is all of their negative thought processes and things that are keeping them from doing what they want to do. And on the outside orbiting around them are all these positive intentions that are just wanting to be acknowledged and understood. And it's like, I love that. No one has ever done uh, explained it that way. I love that. That is great. I might, I I might have to steal that. Oh, use it. Get, get after it, girl. I I have some very strange, like, (laughs) but but it's, it's great to have, it's great to have a, 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 a visual, um, and uh, what I know is that everyone's, if, if they're willing to put in the work, everyone's intentions um, uh, can manifest because the other 
strong tenant in, um, I'll just say two, two other strong tenants. Um, one is we were talking about intuition and what I do for every single client and I have for the over 30 years I've been um, a coach is I teach every single client to be able to tune in to their knowingness and to have strengthen that connection so that when I'm not around, which is most of the time, mm-hmm. they can tune in and get their and get their own get their own answers. Right. And that is the thing. Right? That is the Absolutely. thing. Especially as somebody who guides and who inspires and who teaches like yourself. It's like that is the goal. Like I'm gonna help you get your feet on the ground and have a path so that you can do it going forward, that you feel empowered to move forward with your own higher mind and your own higher self and to connect with that in a meaningful way so that going forward, you feel strong on your feet to make these choices for yourself and that it's not, you don't have to lean on, you know, they lean on you in the beginning, but like maybe it's just like every now and again, Hey, Deborah, I need a little bit of, can you give me a little bit? But for the most part, the goal is to be like totally strong and independent within yourself in making the choices for yourself and your career and your what you're passionate about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that is what I'm about is to uh, empower uh, women and men to uh, be able to live uh, lives of joy and freedom. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I'm so excited and happy that you're here with me today and that you took the time to be on my little podcast and talk about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a delightful time and um, I have talked uh, nothing about all of my notes here. Oh my God. So- Please tell. Okay. Now is the time. Tell me more about anything that you, that you feel like my audience needs to know about you before, because sometimes I don't touch on the questions that you're like, but I wanted to say this. <laughs> you no, know, actually, I, I feel very complete. I feel like we um, got to what your audience needed to hear today, really. Good. Yeah. Oh, I love I, I am complete and good. <laughs> And that's where we all need to be, right? I am complete and I am good. (laughs) I'm going to put that on my mirror. That might be my my juicy intention for the next couple of months. I I am complete and I am good. (laughs) And I feel it. I totally feel it. So, Deborah, I know that we said, you know, your website. Is there any other way people can contact you or that would are interested in, in, in getting your services and finding you? How can people do that? So the first thing I want to say is that um, I actually put together specifically for this podcast mm-hmm. um, top five practices for creating and maintaining a strong connection to your intuitive guidance. Oh, yes, please. Um, and so how you get this is uh, real easily. It's a landing page and it's a one page and it's a practice guide um, and it's creativing 
dot info slash intuition. So I'll spell it like you did at the beginning. Mm -hmm. C-R-E-A-T-I-V-I-N-G dot info slash intuition. And you'll go straight uh, to the landing page and you just have to um, uh, open it and you will be able to download it. And uh, well, it'll download first. You'll be able to print it. Uh, and you have this handy dandy little um, one page guide that is my 45 years of um, meditating and how to get connected uh, to your intuitive guidance. So, wow, um, talk about brevity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is, it is the key. It is the practice guide here. And how you find me in general is the creativing.info. So C-R-E-A-T-I-V-I-N-G.info. Uh, and there's tons and tons of information on my uh, website about intuition and everything else. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Deborah. That's so cool. I'm going to go do that and I'm going to print that out. And next to my juicy intuition on my mirror, I'm going to have that taped right on my mirror. <laughs> so good. And then you can and then you can practice the practices. It, it's it's a good one. I am so excited. Thank you for doing that too. And you guys go to this web page and download this so that you can start this process. Get your juicy and and in, in, um, oh boy, the word just <laughs> intention. Intention. <laughs> 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 I think a second cup of coffee is on the docket for today. <laughs> well, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you so, so much. Thank you, Deborah, so much. And um, you guys go and check out Deborah's webpage. Go and check out the incredible intuitive intentions that she's posted specifically for this podcast. And if you are an entrepreneur, and especially if you're a woman, check out Deborah and find out how you can sit in your empowerment and grow in your power and your um, intuition and find out how you can do that through Deborah. So I love you guys. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. And thank you so much for being here with me again for another week of amazing metaphysical topics. And I love every single one of you. And until then, love and light to you all. I think we're ready. It keeps trying to, my, my, um, my recording system keeps adjusting it. And I'm like, no, I want it to be loud. Stop. <laughs> I want to hear her. Okay. Okay, so question for you all. Have you tried Reiki yet? And if you haven't, why? <laughs> no, but for reals, it, if you haven't done Reiki yet, I highly suggest that you give it a try. Um, for me, the one person that I've been going to that has made a monumental difference in my vibration and my connection with my higher self and my guides has been Heather at um, Breath of Like Reiki. 
And if you haven't done it, I suggest going to her because she is phenomenal. (laughs) So if you haven't tried it, go to Breath of Life Reiki 1111 at gmail.com. Send her a little message and get this, you guys. If you mention Lorelei, she will give you 25% off. Dude, that is amazing. So if you've been interested in Reiki and you've never done before, or I mean, you haven't been doing it or whatever, you want to do it again, contact Heather at Breath of Life Reiki 1111 at gmail.com, or you can go to her IG because that's where everybody is these days. Also Breath of Life Reiki 1111 and on Facebook, same thing, Breath of Life Reiki. And if you mention Lorelei, L-O-R-E-L-E-I, she will give you 25% off. So now you have no excuse. Go get you some Reiki, y'all, and tell them I sent you, and you'll get a little bit of percentage off. All right. I love you guys. Check it out. If you would like an intuitive tarot reading or a past life tarot reading, be sure to contact me at my website at www.thirdeyewithlorelei.com and third is spelled with a three R-D, not T-H-I-R-D. Or you can contact me on my Instagram account or on my Facebook account. You can DM me and we can set up some time to get your reading in as soon as possible. In-person reading is accepted at this time. Also, readings over Zoom are accepted. So make sure to contact me and let me know what you need, you guys. Love and light to you all.